This week's episode of the Get Back Coach is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting and leagues that include over $30,000 in cash prizes when you bet on NFL and college football. Once you enter a contest, you place fantasy bets, not actual money, against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for bettors. Free to download. You can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free. And when you're there, put in referral code BRAN13. That's B-R-A-N-1-3. That'll tell them that Jake sent you. On this week's episode of The Get Back Coach, we recap week one. Talk about the Big Ten East on the rise and the Pac-12 North on the decline. Talk about the difference between Coach Ed Orgeron and Gene Chizik, Notre Dame, Florida State, and Brian Kelly's blunder of a postgame interview. Early picks for week two and the playoff where we discuss head coaches that you do not want to fight. All that and a lot more. All right, let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Branded Sports. I am your host, Jake Myers, and what a weekend filled with college football. I just read the stat. There were 7.5 million people tuning in to the Sunday night game, Notre Dame at Florida State, but we'll get into that. But first, I have to talk about my Nittany Lions. Now, I know uh, there's a good amount of people that listen to this show from Pennsylvania um, that either are Penn State fans or absolutely hate Penn State. But I, I got to talk about them. I have to. I, I wouldn't bo- I wouldn't be doing my job if I did not – talk about the Penn State Nittany Lions and their win over the Wisconsin Badgers over the weekend. Um, Just that first half, complete and utter sloppiness on, you know, granted, great defense by both teams. Both these teams have very good defense. Wisconsin's defense might be top five in the country. Um, But – there were some miscues, you know, Penn State, uh, Clifford missed some throws. Offensive line looked terrible. On the Wisconsin side, Graham Mertz uh, gave a bad handoff. The center looked like he he thought that um, this is later on in the game. The, the center for Wisconsin, uh, bad snap, put it on the turf um, to put Wisconsin back. Um but what an absolute game. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, and, and, and I coached 
um, when I coached that lag for a year, Jaquan Brisker was there and just what an absolute warrior. Uh, th- that guy was shaken up a c- couple times. And, and I just want to let everyone know that that's not a guy that gets shaken up easily. So when he's laying on the ground, holding his shoulder, having cramps, it, it's a real issue for him. He, he isn't no prima donna. All right. He, he's a safety that's going to come up and hit you. He's hard nosed. And I, and I, I'm so glad he stuck around at Penn State because after that game, if if Penn State fans weren't aware of Jaquan Brisker, and, and most real fans are or were, but the 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 casual fans now all the casual fans know about Jaquan Brisker, and it's awesome, great for that kid. The kid's an absolute warrior. Sealed the game. Great job. That that pick he made at the end, it, people. I just hope people understand what he did there and how smart he was. So that ball was going to Ferguson from Wisconsin, probably the this is their best receiver. Now, in that defense, okay, he has back out single receiver, which the cornerback has. So he has next back. He has next receiver out, which in this case was the running back. The running back stayed in the block. It's fourth down, fourth and long. He knows, all right, they're not going to probably run a swing pass because they have people over there. So he cuts off Ferguson because he knows they're probably going to go there and Burks doesn't see him. He picks it up. Um, Now, am I excited for Penn State? Absolutely. That's a big win on the road. Wisconsin's ranked 12th. Fantastic defense. But there are things that Penn State needs to clean up. They need to – they got to come out to a better start. I, they play Ball State this week, and we'll get into that. But um, they got to establish the run better. They were very one-dimensional in the first half because they couldn't establish the run. The offensive line did not look good at all. Um, but in the second half, they found it. You know, 250 yards of offense, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good half. That's a good half. Only 16 points to show. That leads me into uh, Jordan Stout. People are saying Pinnegar wasn't 100%. Usually, Jake Pinnegar is your short-range extra point guy, a little more accurate, but doesn't have a leg. Jordan Stout has that leg, um, and he kicks the bigger field goals. And he's made some 65, you know, made him from 60 yards out. I think he hit a 65-yard against Pitt a couple years ago. But anyway, I believe that will be taken care of. Uh, very happy for Penn State, but they got the Ball State Cardinals coming up. You don't want to look ahead to Auburn. Ball State's good, and we'll get into that. But I I saw between the Penn State game and then the Kentucky game, and if you're not aware, Kentucky has a quarterback, Will Levis, who last year was at Penn State and got snaps. Last year, Sean Clifford did not look well, and they tried you know, Will Levis. Now they had um, Kirk Shiraka there, and they had more – what kind of what old Miss Minnesota runs? Um, a lot of quarterback runs, yeah, a very bleed the clock type of offense. And Will Levis was a really tough runner. So usually when Will Levis got in the game, he took the ball, he, he ran up the middle. They did use him later on when Sean Clifford, the way they way they thought Will Levis might be able to beat out Clifford. So they gave Clifford the 
they give they gave Clifford the reins to see, but he wasn't really doing so much in the passing game. But anyway, later on in the day, I keep seeing on Twitter like, "Oh, I, I, Penn State would have loved to have this guy. Look at Will Levis throw the ball." Listen, I hope Will Levis does well in Kentucky. I think he's a great guy. He's really tough, uh, but he did it against uh, Louisiana Monroe. One of the worst team was the worst team in the Sun Belt last year. You know, we've seen Sean Clifford do that against regular opponents. Hell, he did it to Pitt as a sophomore. He's done that. So I don't understand where now, now if he does it against Mizzou, okay, different story. But you want to say Penn State made a mistake for picking Clifford over Levis after Levis just tore up Louisiana Monroe. It's total. I think it's totally different than the Jack Cohn, um, Graham Mertz story. You knew what you had with Jack Cohn. They picked Graham Mertz because they felt he had a higher ceiling. Will Levis had a shot to start was given that chance. Hey, take it from him. And he didn't win it. Wisconsin felt that Mertz beat out Cone. And Cone looked really good against um, Florida State for the Irish. But let's also take into consideration, Wisconsin doesn't have a whole lot of great receivers. They are a run-first offense. I mean, do you, and I know Ferguson's good. I know that Danny Davis is decent, but I think I'd take the receivers at Notre Dame. Offensive line, probably better at Wisconsin, but you got more weapons at Notre Dame right now. So he's throwing to better guys. I, I just I, I just don't believe that these are the same. There's different situations here. So I don't get that. Now, if, hey, again, if Will Levis goes out against Mizzou and tears it up and, and Kentucky has a good year, then, hey, maybe I'll say, yeah, maybe we should have. But let, let's not sh- count out Sean Clifford just yet. Um, if I were to give him a grade, it would probably be a C-. minus. He it wasn't – didn't have a great day, but he did make some throws downfield. I, I wish he would have hit John Dotson on the second time. He would have had a touchdown. He kind of underthrew him a little bit. He had to come back. But Clifford, I give him a C minus or a C. Let's stay in the Big Ten. Um, the Big Ten East. What a day for the Big Ten East. On Friday, Kenneth Walker from Wake Forest, or Kenneth Walker the third, sorry, running back. He put up 250 some or 60 some yards against Northwestern Granite Northwestern. Got to replace a lot of guys on defense, so they might not be so good. But still, Michigan State, uh, that's a big win for them, step in the right direction. Rutgers blows out Temple, just absolutely obliterates them. Again, that's going to get their conference going. And I think a, a very impressive win for Maryland over West Virginia. West Virginia has a great um, defense. Um, Tiger Valoa to Jarrett, I think that's a great co- quarterback-to-receiver combo right there. Maryland. Looking like they might be on the rise, but again, we've seen this before for Maryland, where they come out and they they like the one year they came out and crushed Texas two years in a row, and they didn't even go to a bowl game afterwards. So let's see, let's see if this sustains. And 
for the Big Ten, it's good. The only disappointing team out of the Big Ten East was Indiana. Um, I said last week on the show, I, I Penix is really was really good last year. He made that offense go, but he's coming off ACL surgery. I, I watched um, some of the game. I did not watch all of it, but from what I saw, Penix just looked uncomfortable. And that defense was not uh, – uh, granted, I, Iowa's offense is good. Iowa's offense is good. Probably one of the best Iowa offenses, offenses since the Brad Banks era, 2000, ooh, 2002, 2003. But uh, Indiana looked rough. Um they, they got to get it together on offense. That defense can only hold for so long. You, you know, and uh, it's obvious that you know, I'm a Penn State guy. Indiana football reminds me so much of Penn State basketball. It's unreal. And, and, and I'm not saying that Indiana is, is going to be terrible this year. I think they're seven or eight win team. But – Every year, like last year, was a COVID year for Indiana. It was the COVID year, and they win what eight games or whatever. You know, go to a nice bowl game. I think they went to the, they went to the Citrus Bowl, and granted, they lost because again, Penix Junior's out, and their offense was not good. And still put up points against Ole Miss, but offense wasn't good. And now this year, like, okay, we got a lot of guys back. We're going to take a big step forward, and you get blown out. Not just lose to Iowa. There's no shame in losing to Iowa, but get blown out. It just reminds me of Penn State basketball. It's like, hey, here's Indiana. Again, Indiana, football, Penn State basketball, both tough teams. Whenever you play them, it's going to be a really tough game. But they find ways to lose. Except for last year, Indiana football plays everybody tough, but somehow finds a way to lose at the end. Penn State basketball is the same way. And just when you think they're going to turn the corner, they don't. They underperform, and they let everybody down. But it's a tough game. Every Everyone says, hey, it's going to be tough playing at the Rock. It's going to be tough playing Indiana. It's going to be tough playing Penn State basketball. They're going to bring it. Um. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think Tom Allen's a great coach. Uh, uh, they're not going to – even if they tank it this year, they're not going to part ways. So they're going to give him some time. I think they got their guy. But, I mean, Indiana's got to figure it out on offense, especially if Penix Jr. is not 100%. Fry Fogle has got to get open. He's a great receiver. But something you can't leave it up to Penix Jr. He saved your butt so many times last year. Someone's got to pick him up. Um, oh, who had a bad week for divisions? Uh, how about the Pac-12 North? Ooh, my look at this. So the only team to win in the Pac-12 North is Oregon, and it's a decent win. Fresno State is a good team. They only won by seven. They were 20-point favorites. Uh, but it, this is a 100% a trap game. Ohio State's playing the following week. Very good that they at least took care of business against Fresno State. Fresno State's good. But let's look at the rest of the Pac-12 North, okay? Uh, California loses to Nevada, 22-17. Didn't put up a lot of points. Uh, Oregon State loses to Purdue. It's basically, okay, we're going to take both of our bottom-feeding teams and put them against each other. Uh, Purdue, 
should have won that by 20 points, but they they let Oregon State score at the end. Just a secondary collapse. Uh, Stanford gets ran out by Kansas State. Washington losing to Montana. I mean, the Washington offense, what are you doing? John Donovan, offensive coordinator for Washington, what are you doing? Again, you gave up 13 points to Montana. That that sounds about right. But you should score more than a touchdown against Montana. I I, I know Montana's a, a good FCS team, but come on, you're Washington. Um, oh, Utah State beats Washington State 26-23. Uh, that's kind of even. Washington State's a weird team. They, they have some good teams some years. But still, you're Washington State. You're a power five. You shouldn't lose to Utah State. Yeah, they're good, but they're not Boise State. They're not UCF. You know, they're uh, – I'm trying to think other group of fives. They're not Houston. Cincinnati? Come on. Washington State, you got to win that game. Uh, crazy fact here about Washington. So they lose to a – they are the fifth-ranked team to lose to an FCS school, okay? Fifth-ranked team to lose to an FCS school. Every team that has lost to an FCS school out of the gate has had a winning record to end the year. Everyone remembers the famous uh, uh, Appalachian State, um, Michigan, the one that that kind of started it all. People kind of forget Michigan won the Citrus Bowl. They beat Florida. They had nine wins that year they it wasn't you know the you know people think oh that was the downfall of michigan man not really they won the citrus bowl that year which is pretty much what they were expected to do you know they beat appalachian state say they make that kick they go 10 and 3 not bad not a bad year at all um oregon state was another team that lost i think they lost to eastern washington they won the hawaii bowl Really, and, and us. I know people laugh. Oh, they won the Hawaii Bowl. Hey, the year before they went three and nine. Um, I mean, all these teams have. Uh, I think Iowa State was another, and I believe they won. Uh, I, I I don't have it right on me, but still, I mean, you have a lot of these teams that have lost. Look it up, though. Every power five, or sorry, every ranked opponent, power five ranked opponent that has lost to an FCS school has has had a winning record. Has gone to a bowl game. Uh, next order of business. Oh, the ACC. <clears throat> Excuse me. They Miami. I mean, man, my Miami. <clears throat> no one expected you to keep it close against Alabama. Or sorry, no one expected you to beat Alabama. But they at least, at least make it close. I mean, they got absolutely boat raced, and Alabama could have put up more if they really wanted to. <clears throat> um, I mean – Alabama, I will say this. Alabama's defense is probably the best defense we have seen, 
I, I don't know when's the last time we've seen a defense like this. This defense is scary good. Scary good. Um, and I'm going to talk about Georgia's pass rush here soon, but Alabama's defense as a whole is – I don't see – I'm going to say this, and, and I don't see teams – putting up more than – I don't see a single team putting up more than 27 points on them. The only way they do is if they are up by about 20 points and the team scores a late touchdown. I don't see a single team scoring 27 on them. That's how good they are. If they score 30, they win. Um, Just absolutely – dominating um georgia clemson was another marquee game so i'm going to get on a bit of a soapbox here i'm going to warn people now i understand why this happens and in this instance i understand why but this happens way too often that I, I feel like I need to just bring it up. Georgia versus Clemson. There was only one touchdown in the game, and that was a pick six by Georgia. They won 10-3. to three. Why was that game dominating hard defense – But when Penn State plays Wisconsin, it's, oh, my God, look at this Big Ten snooze fest. Why? Now, I think in this instance, I know why. Because Georgia and Clemson are two highly ranked teams who we kind of understand have really good offenses. But today, or sorry, on Saturday, when they played each other, Georgia's pass rush, again, Alabama might have the best defense in the country, but Georgia's pass rush I think is better. I think Georgia's pass rush is the best in the country. They sacked um, DJ Yungolongale like seven times. So we see this, and I understand. These two offenses should be better. They should be decent offenses. But it's automatically – Look at these hard-nosed defenses. But we already, dis- at noon, we discredited Penn State-Wisconsin as being an ugly, boring, typical Big Ten game. The SEC bias is exhausting every week. Are they the best conference? Yeah, they're the best conference. They're the best conference. But it ticks me off to no end that Minnesota hangs with Ohio State and people are talking about Ohio State being down. But God forbid if somebody is close with Georgia or is close with Bama, we're talking about how deep the SEC is. When they have Vandy. And again, the Mississippi schools aren't good. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Ole Miss has a really good offense. Their defense isn't good. Mississippi State struggled with Louisiana Tech. Not a peep. 
not a peep. You know, Texas A&M, granted, they kicked Kent State's ass in the second half. But uh, two years ago, it was two years ago, Penn State plays Buffalo. And I've talked way too much about Penn State today, and I'm really sorry. I try not to do that. But just examples that I think about on the top of my head. Penn State played Buffalo a couple years ago, and they were down, I believe, like one or two at halftime. And then Penn State goes off and scores 35 points in a row, beats them by 40. So Buffalo had a decent team. I think they won like eight games that year. Oh, my God. Penn State, they struggled with Buffalo. What are we doing? What are we doing? Texas A&M struggled with Kent State. Nope. Nope. Yeah, it's like nothing happened. Yeah, Texas A&M, Texas A&M. I, I just and, – and I get it. I, I, I do get that the SEC is the best conference. I get it. I understand it. But the discrediting of the Big Ten, I just, it's, I don't think it's fair. I really don't. I do not think it is fair. Um, look, want to look back at bowl games. I talked about Indiana. They lost a they lost to Ole Miss. Penix Jr. was out. Ole Miss beats Indiana, and yeah, Indiana was kind of ticked off. I think they covered up the Big Ten logo. They felt they should have gotten a better bowl, and they didn't. Or maybe it was the maybe it was the Outback Bowl. Anyway, um, Indiana loses again. Uh, their offense went to hell when Penix Jr. is out. And that's guess what we hear? Oh my God! Ole Miss had four wins, COVID year, four wins, and they beat Indiana. <laughs> Look at this conference, man. Did you not see Minnesota? Like Big Ten's been beating teams two years prior. Minnesota beat up beat Auburn. Northwestern big win. I forget who they beat. They beat an SEC team. Not a word. Nope. Nope. And I know I've rambled for too long. All I am saying is that, is there a gap between the SEC and the Big Ten? Yeah, there is. Is it as big as the people from the South think it is? Nope. No, it's not. I'll give the SEC credit, though. They do have two elite teams in there. They got Bama. And they got Georgia. I'll give them that. But everyone else, pretty much the same. Um, Big Ten this year has Ohio State. Who's the number two? And we don't know. Could be Iowa. Might be Penn State. I don't. I don't think it's Penn State. Could be Iowa. But again, Iowa's not sexy. Georgia's sexy. Iowa's not. And I think that's another thing. A lot of these programs in the South are traditionally, they're better looking. <laughs> I mean, to tell you the truth, the Big Ten, I mean, Michigan has been okay. They've been a solid program, but they're not on Michigan level. Penn State had a bad year last year, but, you know, Penn State's your second team and they haven't made the playoff yet. So, 
right there, that's already the d- discrediting. Wisconsin and Iowa consistently top 15 teams. Not sexy enough, haven't made the playoff. So we will see. Again, do I think Penn State and Wisconsin's uh, offenses are better than Georgia and Clemson's? Absolutely not. I do not think so. But we're very quick to discredit them. Um, okay, UCLA LSU. This was the late game on Saturday. Uh, UCLA dominated the trenches. Dominated the trenches. Guys, listen to me. Listen to me. UCLA is good. UCLA might win the Big 12. I don't know what's going to happen with Washington against Michigan. I do have a pick that I'll share with you guys later. But USC did do well against San Jose State. San Jose State's a decent team. But UCLA has a shot here. They're better on defense than I thought they were. They're better on defense than I thought. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is really freaking good. The offensive line is amazing. And again, this team lost five games last year, but their worst loss was by six. They're right there. I'm telling you, this team is good. They have a shot to win the Pac-12. They they really have a shot. Chip Kelly, everyone was saying, ah, he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it. Eh, he's got the horses now. He has the horses. Now, if he fumbles this season away, then you can say, oh, I was right about Chip Kelly. But if Chip Kelly makes a run here, it's going to be nice. Her, Kurt Herb, she said it week one or two weeks ago for week zero. I said the same thing. I, I – UCLA is a dark – I know my original dark horse was Washington but to win it. But I did also say, just saying, UCLA, watch out for them. They're going to be sneaky good. Um, which leads me to LSU. So I've been seeing this comparison like the um, Clifford – Levis, Cone, Mertz comparisons. That Ed Orgeron is the new Gene Chizik. If you're not familiar, Gene Chizik was the coach of Auburn. In his second year at Auburn, he won a national title. This is when Cam Newton was there. And then the following year, I think won eight games and then won like three games and then he was fired. And people are saying, is Ed Orgeron the new Gene Chizik? I don't I don't buy that one bit. I think it's a terrible comparison. And this is why. Gene Chizik won with Tommy Tuberville's guys. When Chizik's, when Chizik's second year was there, okay, his recruiting class were sophomores. The upperclassmen, the juniors, okay, and seniors were Tubervilles. And back then, you didn't have a lot of guys going to the NFL early. Well, let's look at Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron took over in 16, but that wasn't his – they fired Miles like the, sec, the third or fourth game in. So – that year, so 17 was his first year, 
and then 18, and then 19. They won the national title. His recruiting class, okay, were juniors that year. His recruiting class was juniors. And then you add in the transfer portal, who got Joe Burrow there? Ed Ogeron. He built that championship team. It was not given to him. Yes, was LSU a good program? Absolutely. Les Miles did have that program in in good shape. Yes, I agree. Probably better shape than Tommy Tuberville as far as what everyone sees around that program. But as far as recruiting goes, Chiswick won with Tuberville's guys. Ogeron won with his guys. Yes, he had a couple seniors, but all those juniors, they all went to the pros early. Those were his guys. He got Joe Burrow there. He built that team. And then, so you win the national title, and then all of your upperclassmen, every single one, your juniors, obviously your seniors, 18 NFL draft picks. It was the perfect storm in LSU, and I know that's what people are saying, that he caught, well, he caught lightning in the bottle. He, you know, he had the perfect group of guys. Yes, because he built that. Yes, a little bit of luck goes into it. Every team, a little bit of luck goes into it. Alabama needs a little bit of luck sometimes to win it all. Maybe not last year, but usually. This compare, I don't like, like I said, I don't like this comparison. I really don't. I, I think it's a dumb comparison. Um, Ogeron, no matter what happens this year, will get another year. Now, if he completely tanks it, let's just say worst case scenario, they lose, or sorry, they only win five games. I think people are saying, okay, Ed, you got to win something next year. You know, I think if he rattles off two seven-win years, I think they start looking. But I think he does last year, COVID year, throw it out. He gets two years to say, okay, we won a national title, but are we going to get back there, Ed? And if he doesn't, then maybe you look elsewhere. But don't give me this shit now that he's Ed Ogeron. Or sorry, that Ed Ogeron and Gene Chiswick are the same. I don't buy, I don't buy that one bit. Ah, uh, last night's game. Notre Dame, Florida, or sorry, two nights ago. Florida State, home against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. What a freaking game, man. Apps, oh, just a great, great football game. Lots of emotion. Bob, you know, they're honoring Bobby Bowden. Florida State players playing with a lot of pride. Did not give up. Did not. Had a shot. Notre Dame had that game won. They had to run out the clock, and Florida State refused to give up. And not everything went Florida State's way. There are some things in the beginning, um, you know, quick touchdowns, you know, bad defense, and and they just kept crawling back in. Um, I I like that. I think that's a good sign in the right direction for Florida State. Um, Their fans should, should really be happy with what's going on. Now, it was a crazy thriller game, but the what got the most attention was Brian Kelly. So after the game, 
Brian Kelly, uh, Katie George, I believe, was the ABC uh, sideline interviewer for a post game. Brian Kelly says, "I'm a fan of execution. I think some of, I think our team needs. I think our team needs to be executed. We just didn't execute. So it's an old John McKay." Um, quip, quote, John McKay was the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they were god-awful, like one of the worst professional teams of all time in any sport. And a guy asked him, or an interviewer asked him, what do you think about your team's execution? And he said, I'm in, or I think it's a good idea. So again, it's that dark humor. McKay was known for his dark humor. Brian Kelly tries to do the same thing and it falls flat. And this is why. Because, again, McKay never said execution. He used the double meaning when an interview asked him. If Katie George asked about Notre Dame's execution and he says, I'm for it, then, again, that that joke lands because it's funny. It's a funny quip. But Kelly kind of forces it. And again, his heart's racing. It's a big, it's a thriller, you know, and, and he tries to make a joke and it just, it, it, it just weird and cringy and awkward. Now there are people that are getting all bitter. Oh my God. He said he was going to exit. Shut up. Like, and again, if, if you're offended by that statement, get a life, honestly, just get a life. You probably don't even like college football if you're offend, offended by it. Now, do you think it's, if you think it's cringy, if you think it's weird, if you think it's strange, that is totally acceptable because that's what it was. It was cringy, weird, and strange and, and forced. And yeah, that's how you should feel. But if you're offended by this, if you're like, oh, Brian Kelly, he should be uh, write a public apology. Like, shut up. No, he doesn't. Now, is it in poor taste because of the tragic scissor lift incident? Maybe, you know. Brian Kelly probably shouldn't be making jokes about death. Probably not. And again, you know, you can argue if it was his fault or not his fault. I mean, but uh, I would stay away from that one, Brian Kelly. I would. Um, all right. Um, so tonight, so when you listen to this, Ole Miss and Louisville will already be over. Um, so I put out a video. I have. I took Ole Miss minus eight. I got that a couple of weeks ago. Thank you, Jeff Nadeau. Um, I believe that's what's going to happen. I think Ole Miss's defense will be better than last year, even though it's not going to be great. Their offense is going to be great. Louisville is replacing a lot of guys on defense. Um, you know, they do have a quarterback, Malik Cunningham, who's pretty dynamic. If Ole Miss can contain him a little bit, I think this is Ole Miss by double digits easy. Uh, but on to next week. So these are my early picks. These may change throughout the week. I'm going to be honest. These may change throughout the week. But for right now, I've only laid uh, two bets down. I've only laid two bets down. And I'll tell you which ones. Um, But if you want to hear my full picks, make sure you guys tune into Weekend Winners on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, it is being streamed on Facebook and on the branded 
Twitter, I believe on YouTube as well. It's with myself, um, you know, CEO Joe, Kevin Kames, and Jay Arnold. Uh, honestly, we, we did a last week, guys. It was a ton of fun. Uh, it's a lot of different personalities, too, in there. Um, you know, Kevin being Kevin's a Notre Dame fan. Joe's a Michigan uh, Michigan State fan. Jay Arnold played at Texas A and M. Uh, I'm a Penn State fan. You know, but the thing is, we are all big time college football people. Um, you know, Jay was at the the Louisiana Lafayette Texas game, um, which, by the way, Texas really good win for that program. Uh, I know it's Louisiana Lafayette, but that's a solid win and a step in the right direction for Coach Stark. But anyway, guys, tune into Weekend Winners. It's it, again, it's a blast. It's on the Twitter and on Facebook at 10, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Make sure you guys tune into that. Um, all right. So right now, some of the matchups that I have. Um, I laid this down. I laid this bet down already because I think it might go lower. Uh, Ball State plus twenty two against Penn State. Uh, so I would take Ball State plus 22. Now you might think, Jake, you're a Penn State guy. What are you picking against your own team? Uh, because I'm a, I am a realist. I am. And Penn State comes off a big emotional win against Wisconsin. They're probably going to be a little banged up. It's, it's, it's tough playing Wisconsin, you know, especially in Wisconsin. They're going to be banged up. And I just think that Ball State, is good enough to hang around in this one. So I would take Ball State plus 22. I don't think Ball State's going to win, but I think Ball State does cover. They struggled a little bit. They did beat Western Illinois, but they struggled a little bit. And again, I, I think they were vanilla. I, I didn't I didn't watch – I'm not going to pretend like I watched the game, but it would not surprise me that Ball State said, listen, we're going to beat Western Illinois no matter what. We got 20 out of 22 starters back. We'll beat them, and then – we're not going to show anything on film so, we, so when we play Penn State, they're going to get our best game. I think they were looking at it. And, hey, I would too. So we'll see. But I'm taking Ball State plus 22. Um, South Carolina at East Carolina. So this line opened up East Carolina minus two and a half. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. This line, where did it come from? East Carolina's favored? I know it's at East Carolina, but really? Really? East Carolina just lost to App State. And they're going to beat South Carolina? I think they are. I do. I would wait on this. See where this line goes because you could probably get East Carolina plus one or plus two. The line will probably go the other way because I think people are going to hammer South Carolina. Now, I usually chase the lines. Wherever that line goes, I usually bet on it. Not in this case because – People are looking at this line thinking, what the hell? This is stupid. Why are they doing this? My bookmaker's wrong. They're not. I think East Carolina, in East Carolina, can beat South Carolina. So watch the line, but looking like East Carolina victory. If they're an underdog, put that money on that. Put put the money line on that one. Um, Iowa at Iowa State, the Cyhawk Trophy College Game Day is going to be there. Probably the premier game of the week. Um, probably the biggest Cyhawk game we've seen in a while. I can't remember uh, a Cyhawk game being this crazy. Please correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter. 
But right now, Iowa State opens up at minus three and a half. And I, people, again, you're looking at that and you're thinking, really? Really? Iowa State just struggled with Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is a good FCS team, by the way. They are. They are a good FCS team. But Iowa State just struggled with Northern Iowa. Iowa, the Hawkeyes, they blew out Indiana. A top 25 team. And Iowa State's favored by three and a half? Yes, they are because they're better. I think Iowa's a very good football team. I think Iowa is going to win the Big Ten West. But I think Iowa State beats Iowa. I think they cover the spread. Watch this line. But I like Iowa State here. Oregon at Ohio State minus 14. Oregon's traveling. I think Ohio State played a tough game against Minnesota. I, I, I don't know. I would lay off this line, but I know Ohio State's going to win this by double digits. Washington at Michigan. See, here's the thing. Being a Penn State fan, Ohio State fans, same thing. This goes to you too. We need Michigan to be good. We do. I know we laugh at their misery, but we need Michigan to be good. If Michigan is not good, we lose credibility for a win. We need them to be good. Washington just lost to Montana and is only less than a touch or is a touchdown underdog in Michigan. What? Hmm. It makes you think. Watch this line. Right now, I'm liking the Washington Huskies. We uh, Again, check out the show, What I Pick. But right now, I'm really liking the Washington Huskies right now with a minus, uh, with, with only a, a, only a six-point underdog. This is a sneaky good game this week. Apple, Appalachian State at Miami. Miami's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, App State won, and Miami got killed, and they're an over-touchdown. I do take Miami here. I really do. I think they bounce back. I think they have a big win. Um, The last game we're going to talk about, Pitt at Tennessee. For those who don't know, Tennessee people and myself have a little bit of a history. A little bit. It's a, it's it's little. It's it's a tiny bit of history. Um. Oh, seven years ago, I was tweeting. I was a college kid. I was probably a college senior at the time. I was tweeting about Northwestern was going to play Tennessee. I think in the Outback Bowl. And I said, eh, you know what? I said I think I'm the only guy who thinks Northwestern has a shot. I didn't even say win. I just said. Has a shot, and Tennessee blows them out. Good for them. Uh, Dodds, I think, was the quarterback then. And Tennessee Twitter gave it to me. Just you know, honestly told me to kill myself. They, they they you know called me a moron. They called me different things that I cannot say. And it was terrible. I was like, wow, like, these people are sensitive. Um. And then a couple, then a, a year, a couple years go by. I think it was during the the whole Shiano fiasco. Oh no, it was um, uh, 
it was the guy between Shiano and um, uh, Hoypo. I can't think of his name. Oh my God! What? Why can't I think of his name? Man, it's gonna come to me. Oh, Jeremy Pruitt is during the Jeremy Pruitt hirings. Um, it was yeah, it was during the Jeremy Pruitt hirings. They thought James Franklin was going to leave Penn State uh, to go to Tennessee, and people were freaking out there and bringing up Penn State and Dirtball and, you know, the the whole Sandusky thing. And I put a tweet out saying about Tennessee fans, you know, watching the, the, the radar of the planes coming in and not understanding what it means. And they just lost their minds again, like just – and then I had to do so. And then I, you know, uh, I, l- let me tell you this, Tennessee. It, listen, I, I, I've been, I, I've been to Knoxville. I had a good time, man. Preservation Pub is one of the. I love Preservation Pub. But you know, the Knoxville, the square, really cool. You know, the, the yachts coming in. You know, the checker, the the checkered end zones, the power tee. It's really cool. It is. It's really cool, you know, but you have to prove you're a blue blood now, okay? You went through all these different coaches. Butch Jones is the savior. You know, Lane Kiffin didn't want to freaking stay, you know, but Butch Jones. And then, you know, he's got the trash can and we're hard-nosed football, you know, and then – you know, uh, Jeremy Pruitt was going to take us to the promised land. And then it was jo- – now it's Josh Heupel. Man, like, you guys – look at our recruiting class. What are you talking about? We're going to be back. Prove it. Prove you're going to be back. Like, I'm just sick of hearing it. And then if there's even a one bit of criticizing – you guys, uh, I mean, I kind of respect it in, in, a, in a sense, but man, as soon as someone criticizes Tennessee, you guys are there like a, a freaking pack of dogs. It's, man, you, I mean, I don't know if I res- respect it or if I think it's freaking insane. Listen, Nyland Stadium is a freaking dump. Calhoun's on the river sucks. And if you're and everything that Tennessee stood for before is being torn down into the Tennessee River. So hopefully Heupel's the guy. He probably isn't. Oh, Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, the other team that's in this. Freaking Pitt. Um Pitt wants to pretend that there are people want to pretend that they're better than Penn State class-wise. Now, I get it. No, I do. I get it. Pitt is a team that their campus is away – or sorry, their stadium, they play at Heinz Field where the Steelers play, if you didn't know, and it's away from campus. So they can't sell their tickets. They can't. 
because it's really hard to go to those games. And like, yeah, Pitt is a seven one football team every year, pretty much, you know, maybe eight, maybe eight wins, but they're a seven one football team every year at most eight, sorry, eight at most. And there's their students just aren't getting to the game because it's really tough to go to those games. You know, and I get it. Penn State is a bigger brand right now. Penn State's recruiting at a higher pace. They're getting guys from all over the, you know, from the north, or sorry, the the eastern part of the country. And there's a bigger brand. When there's a bigger brand, you have more idiot fans. Penn State has idiot fans. Not all of them, okay, but there is a certain toxic part of the fan base. But guess what, Pitt? So does Alabama. So does Ohio State. So Ohio State actually has a lot worse. From what I've heard from other Big Ten, uh, other Big Ten fans, Ohio State might have the, some of the worst fans if you go to the Horseshoe. But there's a toxicity amongst these bigger fan bases, and Penn State's no no exception. There's a toxic side of that fan base, and Pitt people want to say that is what they are. That that's what Penn State is. It's just these toxic, you know. People, you know, you know, Sandusky's innocent, um, you know, Paterno for life, it, it, like all. The, no, it's not. Shut up, Pitt. It's not how it is. I heard a pick. I said, yeah, we don't have, we don't drink it. We don't drink at eight in the morning in a field. Like, what? That's what tailgating is, bro. Come on. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Like, they, they think they're high class. They really do. It, it, it really annoys me. Um, but yeah, they, they think they're better than Penn State. But guess what? Guess what? You need so that whole why won't Penn State play us? That's the other thing. Then play us if you think you're better. Then play us because Penn State gains nothing playing you. Nothing. Only bad can happen if we play Pitt. If Penn State plays Pitt, only bad things happen. Now. You might be thinking, what are you saying, Jake? Are you saying that Penn State will lose to Pitt? No, not most. Uh, not most. Pitt's, Pitt will get a couple. Yeah, they'll get a couple. But it can only be negative. Why does West, West Virginia and Marshall have the same problem? Marshall fans, why don't you play us? Why don't you play us? Because West Virginia, it, it they don't gain anything. If Penn State plays Pitt. If West Virginia plays Marshall, they're supposed to win. If they lose, it only gives momentum to Pitt. Pitt has nothing to lose in this situation and they get their uh, a good rival back to get more recruits. And again, Pitt sold their season tickets. When who came to town? Two years of Penn State, they tell, oh, we sold our season tickets. Yeah, because you made Penn State people buy season tickets. Notre Dame, same thing. You made Notre Dame fans buy season tickets with it. And that's why you sold a bunch because Notre Dame fans are freaking everywhere. Your highest ticket sales are when Penn State came to town and when Notre Dame comes. That's it. I mean, and again, the stadium isn't special. It college football is every stadium is unique. Mostly. 
mostly every stadium is mostly is is a unique even not even if they aren't big and elaborate they're they're unique Heinz Field's a professional stadium it's it's cookie cutter anyway I have spoke too much <laughs> oh uh who do I think's gonna win uh I don't freaking know I uh, I hope they both lose. I hope it's a, a never-ending tie. Just 10 overtimes of 0-0. Zero to zero. I think Pitt wins, though. I really do. Even though it's at Tennessee, I do think Pitt wins. Narduzzi will throw all of his eggs in that basket, and they'll play really th- – they'll play him tough. So I'll take Pitt plus three if I were to if I were to, if I were to pick, I would take Pitt plus three. Sorry, got a little got a little excited. All right, now let's get to our playoff this week. All right, the playoff is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting and leads that include over thirty thousand dollars in cash prizes when you bet on the NFL and college football. I'm taking part in Odds Crowd, and so is everybody else at Branded Sports. Let's see where your bets stack up against ours. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place fantasy bets not with actual money but with fake money against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboards. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up privacy fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free. That's Odds Crowd. And when you're there, put in referral code BRAN13. That's B-R-A-N-1-3. That'll tell them that Jake sent you. All right. The playoff this week. Our playoff is coaches you would not want to fight. So these are coaches that could most likely or actually probably they would kick your ass. Okay. So again, it's a top four list. So I do have a couple honorable mentions here. Uh, First, David David Shaw from Stanford. Uh, Dude looks like he could scrap. This is a guy that looks like he, you know, he, he can fight a little bit. Uh, another one, a little bit different, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald. One of those nice guys. I think everyone knows a friend that's a nice guy, but has that little bit of crazy in him. So I think Pat Fitzgerald is that. Plus, he is smart. I think he would methodically kick your ass. So those are my two honorable mentions. All right, so number four, uh, Jeff Brom. Now hear me out. I've had Jeff Brom head coach of Purdue. I think Jeff Brom is a complete psycho. Look at his pregame interview when he was the quarterback in the XFL for the Orlando Rage, talking about, do I have a pulse? Yes, let's play. With, with, with dead eyes, like a doll's eyes, like a shark's eyes. I mean, he's a bigger guy, looks like he's a striker, um, and looks like he could take a beating. Um, And that's a guy you would never want to fight because no matter how hard you go, this is a guy that looks like he'll never quit. I think Jeff Brown's a complete psychopath. 
he is my number four. Uh, number three, Mel Tucker. Younger, looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Uh, one of those guys that if he was at a bar or maybe a bouncer at a bar, you wouldn't even want to go near him because you wouldn't want to possibly wrong him or tick him off and then you're going to have to fight him or he's going to fight you. Looks like a guy who can wrestle you to the ground before you even know it. You're on the ground. You're taking a bunch of hits. I just think Mel Tucker is a tough, tough dude. Number two, I think this is a lot of people's number ones, but I got my my number two is Coach O at Orgeron LSU. Looks like he's got that old man strength. Uh, there's always pictures of him or videos of him uh, running, so he's in shape. But he looks like he's got that old man strength. He has that crazy Cajun blood in him with that mindset of he's not he's not going to just punch you. He's going to punch through you. He's got those crazy eyes. That man's probably done some crazy things back in his college days. Um, on top of that, not only would he beat you up, but could probably convince random strangers on the sidewalk because he's a great motivator to jump in in the ass kicking. So, again, Coach O, my number two. My number one might be a surprise to people. Might be a surprise. But my number one, uh, Kalani Satake from BYU, the BYU coach. This guy was a fullback. Looks like he's in excellent shape. Probably one of the in the best shape out of all the coaches. Could rip your head off. This guy is everything I just talked about these last three guys. This guy has them all. Think about it here. He has the psycho attribute. He was a fullback. Fullbacks take on people at full strength and put their heads down into their chests and try and bury them. All right. This guy is a complete psycho in his own right. Also looks like he's strong like Coach O, tough like Tucker. He could probably, you know, wrestle you to the ground, detain you, and then beat the crap out of you as you're lying on your back. Um, but my number one, Kalani Satake. Now, I know I probably missed somebody. So when you guys are voting for this, make sure you leave in the comments and the replies, who did we miss? Let us know in the threads below, okay? And, and if you're not already, make sure you're following us on Instagram, uh, all one word, at Get Back Coach, and on Twitter, at the GB Coach. Always remember to download Odds Crowd. Tell your friends to download Odds Crowd. Guys, it's this is a no-brainer thing to download. You wait, it's free to download, and you're wagering virtual or fake money to potentially win real money. All right. Uh the college football one that's that is a uh, all year long. That's a three thousand dollar pot. 
Uh, the weekly ones are around $300. When the NFL starts riling up, you, you have a shot to win over $30,000 in cash prizes. Why wouldn't you? And again, when you sign up, put in uh, pr- referral code BRAN13. That's B-R-A-N-1-3. That'll tell them that Jake sent you. All right, guys. Thank you once again for tuning in. And as always, have a great week.